Welcome to episode number one of the Twilight Zone Club. I am Sharon Hawkinson, and this is February 19th, 2007. Welcome. Today we will be discussing the episode entitled, Where Is Everybody? Which is the first episode in the Twilight Zone series. But before we do that, uh, I'd like to share with you some of the books that I have uh, in my Twilight Zone collection. And I'll give you the names and authors and um, read you a little bit of the contents. The first one that I'd like to share with you is called The Twilight Zone. This is the original stories. And uh, it's, it's a nice little hardbound copy. It was edited by Martin Harry Greenberg, Richard Matheson, and Charles G. Waugh. And it has 30 stories in it, and I'll, I'll read you the contents. It has a preface and an introduction. The first story is One for the Angels, Prechance to Dream, Disappearing Act, which happens to be, and When the Sky Was Opened was the title when the episode actually aired, Time Enough at Last, What You Need, Third from the Sun, Elegy, Brothers Beyond the Void, which is also People Are Like All Over, The Howling Man, It's a Good Life, The Valley Was Still, When it aired, it was called Still Valley. The Jungle, To Serve Man, Little Girl Lost, Four O'Clock, I Sing the Body Electric, The Changing of the Guard, In His Image, Mute, Death Ship, The Devil You Say, when that episode aired, it was called Printer's Devil, Blind Alley, which was of late, I think, of Cliffordville, Song for a Lady, when this episode aired, it was called Passage on the Lady Anne. Steel, Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, The Old Man, The Self-Improvement of Salvador Ross, The Beautiful People, which when this one aired, it was called Number 12 Looks Just Like You, Long Distance Call, and An Occurrent at Owl Creek Bridge. The next one I'd like to share with you is The Twilight Zone Companion, which I mentioned on this introductory episode. And this is the one that is by Mark Scott Zykri. And this one has all the um, episode overviews and who started them and, and uh, just a little bit of history about the series itself. It's a, it's a handy little reference guide to have. Um, I find myself referring to that one quite often. The next book I have is Twilight Zone Scripts and Stories. And on the front cover, it says, written especially for the dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. This was done by George Clayton Johnson. You can purchase this at Amazon.com or at other places that sell books. And I'll read you the contents on this one. All of Us Are Dying. Execution. A Penny for Your Thoughts. This is the story. Then there's another A Penny for Your Thoughts, and this is the actual teleplay. The Prime Mover, this is the story. Nothing in the Dark, this is the story. Nothing in the Dark, which is the teleplay. A Game of Pool, original teleplay. Kick the Can, story. 
Kick the Can Teleplay, 90 Years Without Slumber, and this is a story. And this is um, a really nice read, too. Next, I have a couple of little paperback books with stories in them. The first one is called Rod Serling's Twilight Zone and was adapted by Walter B. Gibson. This is just a nice little paperback. The contents of this book are, there's a foreword. The first story is The Ghost of Ticonderoga, and that's a, that's a mouthful to say. <laughs> Back There, Judgment Night, The Curse of Seven Towers, The Avenging Ghost, Return from Oblivion, The House on the Square, Death's Masquerade, The Riddle of the Crypt, and Dead Man's Chest. And I realize that some of the names don't sound familiar. Um, sometimes they'll, they'll actually change the title of the episode, you know, from the original story. And so that can, that can be a little confusing. And unfortunately, this book doesn't have if the name was changed. And so you, you just kind of have to go in there and, and read it yourself and, and find out. The next one is Rod Serling's More Stories from the Twilight Zone. The contents to th of these include The Lonely, Mr. Dingle the Strong, A Thing About Machines, the Big Tall Wish, A Stop at Willoughby, The Odyssey of Flight 53, and Dust. One more book I have, it's called The New Twilight Zone, and these are stories from the uh, 1980s remake of The Twilight Zone. And I had found this at, uh, I believe it was Barnes & Noble. It says, 21 tales by the greatest sci-fi and dark fantasy writers of our time. And it was edited by Martin H. Greenberg. Introduction by Alan Brennert. The contents of this book are Introduction, Two Years in the Twilight Zone, Shatterday, Healer, Nightcrawlers, Examination Day, A Message from Charity, Paladin of the Lost Hour, The Burning Man, Wong's Lost and Found Emporium, One Life, Punished in Early Poverty, Eye of Newton, The Star, The Misfortune Cookie, Yesterday Was Monday, To See the Invisible Man, Dead Run, Button Button, The Everlasting Club, The Last Defender of Camelot, A Saucer of Loneliness, Lost and Found, Influencing the Hell Out of Time and Teresa Galowitz. Alright, so now we will go ahead and move into our discussion of Where Is Everybody? This episode aired originally on October 2nd, 1959, and the main character was played by Earl Holloman. Okay, so our discussion questions for this episode. Number one is what, were your, what was your take on this episode and did you like it? There is actually another version of this, which is the one that Serling showed the, the sponsors. And if you own the DVD collection, then you can actually see this original episode, the one that was the film that was showed to the sponsors. And then there's also the one that is in syndication. And there are subtle differences. Um, the main one being the, you know, the opening. Uh, there's a different announcer at the beginning of the original one. Being this first episode, it really wasn't as way out, as far out as some of the Twilight Zone episodes are. 
I was reading in the Twilight Zone Companion, and I'm, I'm actually going to be referring to that quite often, was that this probably was the only one that could have actually sold the uh, network, the sponsors, as well as it did, because it wasn't real far out. I mean, we have to remember this is the late 50s, early 60s, and so, you know, times have changed, and the network and everybody was pretty conservative and so you know the show just wasn't quite embraced as well as it had become. Serling definitely had to impress a lot of people and according to this book this was probably the only episode that might have sold the networks as well as it did. And I I did like this episode. I mean there are ones that I felt were better but um, I did like it you know for 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 a first episode. I mean it definitely showed a lot of promise. It didn't really have a big twist like some of them do, but still, um, I didn't expect it to turn out the way it did. And if I were going to rate it um, out of five stars, I would probably give it four stars. Number two, as the episode progressed, we could see the main character, Ferris, becoming more agitated and upset. Did you think he was justified in this? I think so because, you know, I mean, he was, he was very much alone. He was in this ghost town. And he had this feeling of being watched. I mean, it, you know, it had to be very freaky for him. He couldn't remember who he was. He had amnesia. And so that in itself has got to be scary. And the fact that he couldn't find anybody in this town, but yet felt that he was being watched. You know, I, I think that would pretty much set anybody off. I really do. We don't really know exactly his circumstances until the end of the episode. When we come to find out that this ghost town was actually just a delusion that he came up with in his loneliness. I think he was justified in his agitation. In the beginning of the episode, we kind of see him being a little pushy. I mean, he, you know, jumped over the counter and went behind the bar. And normally you just don't do that. But, you know, when you're, you know, when you're kind of desperate and you're looking for somebody and you don't know what the heck is going on, um, sometimes you do desperate things. You know, things sometimes come to desperate, desperate measures. I would certainly be. And I think I'd probably be pushing that panic button a lot sooner than he did. <laughs> I really do. Number three, what do you think of the main character when you first see him? And I, I think I explained this in the previous question. Um, in the beginning, I just felt that he was rather pushy, you know, jumping behind the bar and, you know, uh, where's everybody? I'm hungry, you know, that kind of thing. It was very demanding. But yet, again, we don't know his circumstances before he found his way into this ghost town until we get to the end of the show. You know, so, I mean, it's it's not like your run-of-the-mill, um, everyday scenario. I actually felt sorry for him because he was an amnesiac. He couldn't remember who he was or where he came from or anything. And, you know, that in itself has definitely got to be very frightening. And when there's nobody around to help you, to help you or inform you where you were or who you are, that, that just really adds to it. Number four. At the end of the episode, we come to realize that Ferris actually is not in the ghost town, but is instead confined to a box and monitored for 484 hours. This was a study to see how long he could stand to be alone for purposes of, of space travel. He cracked, and his mind produced the delusions. Do you think you could stand to be completely and totally alone for that amount of time? Absolutely not. I mean, you know, there are times that I like my space, that I do like my privacy, but we're talking, I believe, 484 hours transfers into like, you know, two and a half weeks. Sure, I mean, he had things to do, but the fact that he was totally alone and then, you know, he had the feeling of being watched because he actually was being watched. You know, they were monitoring him in this isolation booth, you know, so um, his 
feeling of being watched was definitely justified. And it would be, I think, a heck of a strong person to be able to, you know, to stand being alone for that amount of time. And I would definitely not be able to handle it well. Uh, in the Twilight Zone Companion, there is an episode overview of each episode. I'd like to go ahead and redo that episode overview. Mike Ferris, an amnesiac in an Air Force jumpsuit, finds himself in a town strangely devoid of people. But despite the emptiness, he has the odd feeling that he is being watched. As he inspects the town's cafe, phone booth, police station, drugstore, and movie theater, his desperation mounts. Finally, he collapses, hysterically punching the walk button of the stoplight again and again. In reality, the walk button is a panic button, and Ferris is an astronaut trainee strapped into an isolation booth in simulation of a moon flight. After 484 hours in the booth, he has cracked from sheer loneliness. His wanderings in the vacant town have been nothing more than an hallucination. <laughs> One thing that uh, I noticed, and you know, th this is when he's starting to get hysterical right before he pushes the panic button. You can just kind of see him collapsing and just, you know, looking around and all of a sudden he sees this, this huge eye looking at him and he already, you know, Ferris already thinks he's being watched. So when he saw this big eye, you know, he screamed and the camera zooms back and, you know, we realize that it's an optometrist office. So that was just something that I noticed. You don't really see a, a big eye on a sign too much anymore. <laughs> But I would like to hear your feedback about this episode. I have questions up for the next episode called One for the Angels. And uh, next, in our next episode, we'll go ahead and recap Where is Everybody? If we get some more feedback on that. And then we'll get into One for the Angels. And what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to keep one episode ahead, like the episode that we discuss on the podcast. We'll cover those study questions. And then on the website, I'll post the study questions for the next episode so that you can be thinking about that for our next for our next episode discussion. Before I sign off, I'd like to plug a couple of other podcasts that I find very interesting. First of all, there's another podcast that I do called the Stephen King Book Club. And that website, if you're interested in looking on that, is www.stephenkingbookclub.blogspot.com. This takes a book by Stephen King, and we discuss a few chapters out of that each episode until the book is completed. Another podcast that I'd like to plug is uh, a Harry Potter podcast. I'm a big Harry Potter junkie, and that website is www.wizardingpod.com. And this podcast is done by a couple of college students from Purdue University, and they take the Harry Potter books and discuss a few chapters at a time amongst themselves. There are also some forums that you can sign up to be in and participate in the discussions. You can also access this podcast on iTunes. It's called Wizarding Wireless. I'm sorry, Wizarding Wireless. The next podcast that I'd like to plug is called the Outlander Book Club. You can also access this on iTunes if you punch in Outlander Book Club. This is done by a lady named Krista in Colorado. She takes the series, the Outlander series, by Diana Gabaldon and also discusses a few chapters of the book in each episode. She has started out with Outlander and then we'll be going, you know, she'll be going through the whole series. Her website, if you'd like to log on to her website, is www.outlanderbookclub.blogspot.com. So those are just a few of my favorites that you can log on to. So for next time, we will go ahead and be discussing 
one for the angels and we'll recap on where is everybody if we get some feedback you can email me at sweetnightingaleus at yahoo.com that is s-w-e-e-t-n-i-g-h-t-i-n-g-a-l-e-u-s at yahoo.com when you email me it would help if you would include the word podcast in your subject line and then that way your email can be filtered into the folder that I have designed for my podcast. And then that way I won't miss anyone's email. Our website for this podcast is www.twilightzoneclub.blogspot.com. So this is Sharon Hawkinson signing off for now and wishing everybody a wonderful and safe and stay warm. Goodbye.